Sawati Diskipuli, welcome again to another episode of Latin and Layman's. I know it's been quite a while since uh, since I've made a recording, a, a very long time. In fact, I've been just so inundated with work, and now, I don't know, I'm coming back to you, all right? So this will be a little informal introduction, just me, Mr. Connerly, Mr. Liam Connerly here. Um um, so far, three months into teaching. It's been really great. I love my students, my discipline. All of them are doing super well. Of course, I sh- I'm sure I have all uh, quite a few that don't enjoy Latin, but I feel like we all are starting to really understand, grasp Latin in not just Latin itself and what it's known for at in its antiquity, but rather Latin as we see it today in medical terminology and legal terminology as well. You know, plants, the periodic table, um, it helps you command your language and your speech. And it just makes you a critical thinker, I think. Think you think. So now I got a beautiful gift from my cousin, just in the mail very randomly. I had no idea that he had been listening to my uh, podcast and TikToks. By the way, if you want to go see some of my TikToks, uh, it's going to be under Mr. Liam Connerly, uh, assuming that I actually do have an audience that's still listening at this point, because what my plan is, is that I'm just going to kind of redo everything because this gift here is Mike from my cousin Sloan Connerly. Shouting me out. I love you so much. I am so grateful gratitude. I know that was kind of like a weird side tangent ramble, bringing it back full circle. Um, yeah, got a new mic, feeling a lot of great energy, just got off uh, for Thanksgiving break. And I'm sitting down, I'm sipping some water, because I'm hydrating, because I'm not dehydrating. Haha. <laughs> and um and yeah, so we're going to start from the beginning. Now that I have better quality audio all together, we're going to just start with the first first conjugation, rather. And um, and yeah, so <clears throat> I'm assuming that my audience is rather mature at this point and older. I don't think that I, many of my middle schoolers are going to be listening to podcasts. But hey, you know what? If you guys want to listen, go ahead and listen. Uh, warning, I may throw out a cuss word or two. So, uh, but I, I don't really know. I just, you know, this is all a conversation. I just go into the first conjugation. I talk about it, what you need to know and what to expect uh, when you were to have looked in Wheelock's Latin, for instance, or any other Cambridge Latin course or something like that. So, yeah, there's my little disclaimer at the beginning. Maybe some cuss words, maybe not cuss words. I don't know. Um, anyways, I'm sure you guys don't mind. I mean, you guys are on TikTok. TikTok is inundated with crap. Anyways, 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 here we go. First conjugation. So there are five essential grammatical terms that are used in reference to verbs. Um, they are, so listen up. They are mood, they're tense, voice, person, and number. Definitely become f- familiar with these forms as soon as you can. I'll go into them in depth here real quick, just some definitions. So the mood of a verb indicates how the speaker really feels about the action. 
So does the speaker feel that what's being said is fact, um, a command, or is it something uncertain about it in the speaker's mind? So mood can show how the verb is inside com complicated grammar, essentially. Um, we, you know, it, uh, what we are doing, if any of my students are listening and then if, if anybody else is wondering what I'm teaching middle school Latin um, right now, we are still only in the indicative mood. All right, we have the indicative and then we have the subjunctive. We also have the imperative, but we have only delved into the indicative mood, which is in, is it indicates fact, actually. So um, it's a very straightforward way of translating verb. Um, I don't get into the subjunctive. That's way, way, way down the road. But just an example, mood refers to many uh, different forms. So and I will go into those in a little bit more in depth in a sec. But we'll move on to tense, which is a grammatical term used to indicate when the action of the verb is happening. Uh, voice is the term used to indicate whether the verb, the subject, I'm sorry, is the tense or the voice is the term used to indicate whether the subject of the verb is acting or being acted upon. There you go. Sorry about that. Person is the grammatical term which indicates the nature of the subject, right? So think about it. Is it I, you, he, she, it, we, you, plural, or where I grew up, y'all or they? So, <clears throat> excuse me, it's we have first, second, and third person. Uh, my students know me saying that. I have them, at, I always ask them, you guys know me. What's this verb? What person is it and what number is it? I'm always asking them that. Is it first, second, or third person? Is it singular or plural? There you go. And finally, number that I just touched on a second ago says whether the subject is singular or plural. That is one person or many. Makes sense? Hope so. Because that's just grammar. So for the moment, all the verbs that we deal with um, are indicative in mood, which is what I do with my students. That is the, they indicate a fact. Present tense, present intense, they happen now and active in voice. So the subject is the doer of the verb. So it's not passive. In chapter one of Wheelock, if you ever delve into this because I kind of like try and correlate my lectures with Wheelock's Latin. Um, we'll focus mainly on how to change person. That is, who is doing the action and number. And it begs us to ask the question whether the person is singular or plural as well. So another important grammatical term concerning Latin verbs is conjugation. Conjugation has two meanings in Latin. Firstly, it's the process of joining a personal ending onto the base of a verb to form a full Latin verb form. And secondly, uh, it's the term used to refer to one of the five categories of Latin verbs, which are distinguished by each other by the vowels found at the end of their base. So for first, a. For second, a long e. For third, a short e. For i, or for fourth, a long I, and for third I-O, um, a short I. 
okay? So now let's look at how to form a Latin verb. So I'll try and explain this verbally as best I can. I hope you, that you can draw a picture in your mind and I'll try and convey it as best I can. So there, to, lat to form a Latin verb in the present tense, it consists of three elements, the verb base, the, the thematic vowel, and the personal ending. Firstly, the verb base conveys the verb's meaning. So for instance, am conveys the sense of love. So loud, loud dom is to pray. Oh, wait, hold up. Sorry, something was happening with, uh, I accidentally disconnected the mic. So anyways, the verb base, it conveys the verb's meaning. For instance, am refers to uh, the sense of love, loud for praise, duke for lead. So thematic vowel signals the conjugation or category the verb belongs to. And a is the thematic vowel for the first and so on. I went over those before. I don't really want to go over them again. Finally, the personal ending indicates the person and number of the verb. That is who's doing the action of the verb. Person signals whether it is first, second, or third person and whether it is singular or plural. The person and number of the subject and verb must agree. My students know this. I talk about it all the time. Subject, verb, agreement, got a habit. You know, you can't have a singular verb and a plural subject. Likewise, you cannot have a singular subject and a plural verb. I just said the same thing over, uh, twice. That was very odd. Sorry about that. Anyways, just vice versa and uh, you'll, you'll get it. There you go. Um, so the, let's see where, what was, I, I lost my train of thought because I went on a ramble. Um, the person and the number of the subject must agree, right? So um, that's all I have to say about that. Personal endings are attached only to finite verbs. So the, on the other hand, uh, our infinitive verb is something like amare, which would mean to love or laudare, which be, which would be to praise. And I'll go into this in depth in a little bit more. So finally, finite verbs serve as the main verbs of sentences and clauses. So the verb endings carry important grammatical information. They first show person, first, second, or third. First person signifies me or my group. In English, first person is represented by the pronouns I or we. Second person is indicated by you or y'all. And, and finally, third person, the person or persons over there represented in English by he, she, it, and or in plural, they. Okay? Try to just skim over that. You guys know pronouns. Um, thus, Latin verbs do not absolutely require pronouns like I or you to indicate person and number. These endings are appended onto a thematic vowel. So in first conjugation, that thematic vowel is A. So know that there is a minor exception here. The thematic vowel A is lost in the first person singular. Okay. So um, finally, the cluster this cluster of thematic vowel and endings is attached onto a verb base to create a full finite Latin verb form in the first conjugation. 
So let's do that now and see how it sounds. Let me get a swiggity swig of water. There we go. Amo, amas, amat, amamus, amatis, amat. I'm sure if those of you that have actually taken Latin before have heard that little little chant incantation, amo, amas, amat, amamus, amatis, amat, which means amo as I love, amas as you love, amat as he, she, it loves, amamus, we love, amatis, y'all love, or you all love, and amat, they love. Second conjugation uses E as its thematic vowel, but that's the only major difference between first and second conjugation. Just as in the first conjugation, adding the thematic vowel plus endings onto the second conjugation verb base creates a full finite verb. For instance, let's try one out. Habeo. Habeo, habes, habet. Habemos, habetis, habent. Habeo, I have. Habes, you have. Habet, he, she, it has. Habemus, we have. Habetis, y'all have. Habent, they have. Notice that in the first person singular of second conjugation, unlike in first, first conjugation, uh, the, the, the thematic vowel is not lost, resulting in the double vowel EO. Okay, so right in the first person singular, we have habeo. That would be spelt H-A-B-E-O. So translating present tense verbs, Latin only has one present tense verb form. For example, amo is I love. English, however, has three. The simple form, I love. The continual form, I am loving. And the affirmative form, I do love. This form is most is used most often with negative statements, right? Because then you can put, a, you can negate it by saying, I do not love, right? Simple enough. Latin is pretty simple. A plus B plus C equals D, uh, if that makes any sense, because it doesn't. But if, you know what? I'll definitely have episodes uh, where I dive into uh, medical etymology as well. And I'll break down words for you guys because my students really love that as well. Um, and uh, it shows the applicable nature of Latin, and it also, you know what, shows exactly why Latin improves SAT scores. So without further ado, why, may you ask, does English have three present tense verb forms? Um, honestly, I have no idea. Sorry. But if we weren't ancient Romans, the Senate would certainly outlaw two of them. After all, how many ways do you need to say, here comes the enemy, right? There's a little classical joke for y'all if you, uh, you know, can appreciate that. Thanks very much. So again, we'll go into it. It's either an O or an M as the first person singular. Second person singular is S. Third person singular is T. First person plural is moose. Second, per second person plural is tis, and third person plural is nt. There you go. I, you, he, she, it, we, y'all, they. Ooh, I just made myself a little chant. Now, finally, uh, before I wrap this up, we're going to go into infinitives. In English, begin, um, or uh, I'm sorry, 
rather in English, they begin with a to, as in to love or to have or to praise. There you go, Liam. Infinitives in Latin end with re. So ex for example, amare would be to love, habere would be to have, laudare to praise. Note that Latin infinitives use the thematic vowel appropriate to each conjugation, right? Uh, in first conjugation, we have that a, amo, amasamat. In second conjugation, we have that e, right? Habeo, habes, habet. Imperatives are going to be our last little dealio, okay? So that's the infinitives. And now moving on, they imperatives are verb forms in the imperative mood which indicates a command. So if, for example, go, run, stop. The present tense imperative mood in Latin has two forms. In the singular, no ending is used. For example, ama, A-M-A, is love. We de, see. In the plural, te is used. So, for example, amate would be love, but just to a plural audience, widete uh, would be plural as well. Widete, rather, I'm sorry. We, no, I'm sorry. Widete, widete. I'm, I'm not the best with the Latin pronunciations. My colleague, my other uh, co-worker that teaches the uh, kindergartner through fifth grade, uh, he's really good at pronunciation. And well, I'm just the grammarian. I like the etymology. I like all the terminology. I like how Latin is just kind of diverse and bleeds into all aspects of our lives. It's, it is omnipotent, right? Omni meaning all or every in Latin, omnes, and potent, which means presence, right? So potent, and it refers to, it's kind of like a little bit of a derivation of, so another little etymological side tangent, but omnipotent. It is everywhere, right? Present everywhere. That's why they refer to as our Lord, dear God, as omnipotent. But also air is omnipotent. So there you go. Okay. So moving on real quickly, the imperative mood. So lauda, the singular, is used when the command is directed at one person, like I said. And laudate, the plural, is used when the command is directed at one, uh, more than one person, rather. Sorry about that. Um, also note that just as with other forms, Latin imperatives use the appropriate, appropriate thematic vowel for each conjugation. So write A for first, E for second. So far, so good. I like how straightforward Latin is. It's fairly nice. Finally, let's look. Um, that's it, really, actually. I was going to dive into more stuff, but I don't have anything. So I'm going to wrap it up in another very informal way. Thank you very much for listening in. I'm going to be a little rusty at this at first, but I'm going to start getting back into it. And I appreciate you guys tuning back in better quality. Hopefully, you know, I can get some fun music in the background or maybe I shouldn't have music. Let me know. Leave in the comments below. Ha ha. Don't really know how you can do that. But also check out my TikTok again. That's going to be at Mr. Liam Connerly. Um, and see some etymological word breakdowns by your boy and Harry Potter spells and all that good stuff. 
Without further ado, I'll bid you all farewell. Wale in Latin, which is directed at a singular person saying goodbye, but Walete, which is starts with a V, but in Latin, Vs are pronounced as Ws. So I'll say Walete omnes. Saying goodbye, all. <clears throat> excuse me, goodbye, all. So thank you again, and stay tuned for more.